After growing up in a musical family, UK-based songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, and producer Roger Heathers started releasing music independently when he was 19. Over the last nine years, he's released upwards of 20 albums while also co-hosting the weekly song podcast with Declan Kitchener. He's just released the collection Swear Jar, compiling many of his latest songs written for his podcast. Roger's melodic tunes and complex chord progressions take you back to the heyday of the Beatles, Harry Nielsen, with a dash of Elliot Smith tossed in. First time caller, but I've been listening for a long time. Welcome to the Raw Songwriting Podcast, where I challenge my guests to write a song in one week based on a random prompt and sit down and talk about the process. Along the way, we talk about the broader craft of songwriting. I'm your host, David Coyle, and it's my pleasure to introduce Roger Heathers. Welcome to the show, Roger. Hi, David. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here. Yeah, this is this is great. Um, so let's talk about... <laughs> you're, you're amazingly prolific, putting out 20 albums in, in, in nine years. Well, just talk about it, man. How do you how do you roll out so much? I mean, how many songs are you writing a year? I mean, I guess you're doing it weekly, so you're doing at least fifty two. Um, have you been doing that? How long have you been doing your podcast? Well, uh, I've been doing uh, my podcast uh, for the last five years or so. Wow. Um, so I I do write often, and I think the reason it's it's easy to uh, have so much material to work with is just because uh, my friend Declan and I we write. We we write every week, but we take gaps as well. So it's not quite 52 songs a year. It's probably something like uh, 30, 35 or something like that. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, I figure you got to find time to actually do the recording uh, as well and doing all your production work. Uh, how, how do you balance that with the songwriting? That's a really good question. I mean, so for the first like four years or something of doing the podcast with Declan, I would like, um, and, and he still does this, and I probably will continue to next season, is uh, we'll write the song, you know, demo it really basically, just like sit in front of the mic and just play the guitar and sing it and just create an acoustic demo and then bring that to the show. Whereas what I've started to do recently, and this is kind of how um, how the latest stuff I've been making has, has been coming out, is I'll write the song and produce it in a week. So it's it's kind of hard to balance and like get that all done in a week. But what it means is that I have a fully produced song at the end of every week. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the, only yeah. down, the only downside of that is that um, they're not all winners. You know, how could they be? You know, like uh, maybe, two out of 10 are like, oh, those are good songs. <laughs> well, I've been doing this podcast just since last September, I think. And uh, I, I kind of set myself a little bit more of a production challenge with this rather than just writing uh, just a basic song. But but it's kind of up and down. Sometimes I will just bring in a uh, acoustic demo. But um, but yeah, it's it's a lot of work to try to do it. And I, and I certainly, I mean, your stuff is really polished. So um, anyway, I, I just want to salute you. I think that's, it's really impressive <laughs> what you're doing. Um, oh, thank you. Well, let's, uh, well, let's take a listen to one of your songs and then uh, just kind of use that as a case study to kind of get into the, the, the nuts and bolts of how you put these together. All right. So this song is Lost and Out of Love. And it is off of your new album, uh, Swear Jar. Lord, if you answer prayers like mine, would you care to take the time to remind me that I'm lost and out of love? I'll wait for your words to come through me while I wonder if God is watching over us from some place up above. If you can hear me with your eyes, but you can see me by listening closer. Tell me by holding 
That was Lost and Out of Love by Roger Heathers off of the album Swear Jar. And <laughs> what a really, that's just such a charming song. I, I just, I just got such a kick out of it. And it's such a throwback. It really feels like something that, that could have been straight out of the, out of the seventies. And um, well, why don't you walk me through it here? How, how did you put this together? What was the, what was the process? So uh, this was uh, written on guitar, but for piano if that makes sense. Sure, sure. Uh, and what, what is this? Why don't, why don't we talk a little bit about that right off the bat? When you're writing for piano, but using a guitar, what what kind of mental gymnastics do you have to go through to make that work? Well, that's a good question. I mean, like, I think I kind of see piano and guitar in exactly the same way. Uh, I've played both for probably equal amounts of time. And so rather than kind of seeing in terms of like what you're doing with your fingers on the, on the respective instruments, mm-hmm. I see, I've always talked about, and we, we do on, on my podcast too, we talk about songs in terms of, uh, the scale they're in and like, the, you know, mm-hmm. like one, four and five and that sort of thing. Sure. So, so like once I kind of know my, my root and my, you know, dominant and subdominant and all that stuff and all the minors that go with it, I can kind of play on guitar and think in terms of piano because I don't okay. play piano on this song. Like the, the piano, which is beautifully played in the song is by uh, Tyler Larson. Oh, great. Uh, so I was like, here are the chords. Um, and could you, you know, do your do your magic? Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, it's just for me, it's just always in terms of thinking about what scale you're in. So for me, you know, this song's in G major and, uh, so I knew, you know, I knew which notes I was going to use. And then it was just a case of thinking like the reason I was thinking in terms of piano is because at the time I wrote this, I was listening to a lot of like really quite old music, like uh, Irving Berlin and stuff. Um, oh, OK. And like uh, Henry Burr and things like that. So like and I think the thing with those songs, which which really touches me is like the chords are so well crafted in those songs. And I was like, I want to kind of have a stab at something like that, you know, because I feel like almost chords have devolved in a way over, over the years, but, but those, those older songs, I thought that was a really cool thing to try and do. And, and this is my, uh, my, my attempt at least at it. Well, that's fantastic. So, well, how did you, how did you come up with the topic of the song? What was that? Uh, uh, I mean, do you, do you, now you usually think in, in music first when you're constructing these and you kind of add the lyrics on, or do you usually have a lyrical topic that you're working towards? Uh, yeah. So, uh, Generally, I write music and lyrics at exactly the same time. So I'll okay. sit down with a guitar or a piano and I'll, I'll just like, and I'll have a pen and like, okay, okay, that's a line. Let me write that down. And I'll also write the chord at the same time. Um, usually the lyrics, uh, they kind of, I find out what they're about as I go through. That makes sense. Oh, okay. So kind of stream of consciousness and then. Yeah. That, that, okay. And then, but at a certain point, like usually by the chorus and writing a song, I'll be like, I'll be like, oh, okay. I I seem to have some kind of theme, even if it's just like this song is about being anxious or something like that. Um, uh, uh-huh. So so whereas like uh, I have friends who they they'll come up with a lyrical topic first, and they'll go, okay, I need to write a song about that, and let me find some chords which work with. Whereas for me, it's like, how do these chords sound? And for for me, with Lost and Out of Love, it was a question of like, these chords sound kind of uh, nostalgic, but also kind of sad, even though they're in a major key. So I was like that sort of informed just the direction the lyrics went in. And the song is about, um, I mean, it starts as a prayer, you know, Lord, if you answer prayers like mine, but it's kind of like a blasphemous prayer because hmm. uh, the, the lyrics are saying, if you, if you answer, so this is somebody who believes in God, if you answer prayers like mine, 
And then by the end of the verse, you're saying, I'm wondering if God is watching over us from someplace up above, like, does he even exist, you know? Uh-huh. And in the, in the second verse, I'm saying, you know, is God walking next to me as in the, uh, the parable of God, you know, his footsteps oh, on the sand, or exactly, is he, yeah. is he standing on my tail? So it's kind of like this mixture <laughs> of like sacred and, and questioning your faith. That, that's kind of the, the thing of the song, you know, if you're, if you're up there, help me please. Um, but I don't know if you are. And you just sort of worked that out as you as you went. Did you did you find that uh, after you kind of figured out what the song was about that you you went back and did much revision or or I guess since you're you're pull, you're putting this out uh, once a week um, or in a week, you know how much revision goes into it? Yeah, a good question. I mean, so usually the lyrics are like ninety percent done by the time I've got them on the paper and like done a really rough like iPhone demo or something, mm-hmm. and then. The thing I find, which is so interesting to me, is like when I sit down to do like the computer demo, just like or, or produce it up fully, the lyrics will change as I'm recording. So like, you know, I'll have the kind of like 90% finished lyrics I'm reading from to sing. And then I'll go like, uh, I can't think of a specific example, but just like, oh, I'll change this rhyme right on the spot. And I'll just go, oh, that fits way, way better. It's just almost like singing it allows me to like revise it on the spot as opposed to like sure. going back with a pen and paper and like oh okay does that work it's more uh-huh. instinctive than that you said of course that you were thinking of this as a piano song when you were writing it but the rest of the production how much of that goes into your thought process when you're putting together the song uh so i don't tend to change structures very often i've started to recently just to like challenge myself like add in a middle eight or add a coder at the end mm-hmm. but generally speaking once i've got the uh the rough structure like I, I feel like one of one of the downfalls I used to have with songwriting was like okay I gotta write a song in a week and I kind of have like a good verse idea or like a good chorus idea but like the structure wouldn't be that I'd be like vaguely like oh what happens after the second chorus I actually don't know so now I like to kind of have it so like like this song is a perfect example of like okay it goes verse chorus verse chorus bridge chorus and it's like, I just knew that was the structure mm-hmm. so that then I can record like just a super rough demo onto the computer to a click track though. So that then you can produce it up and then, and then, so like, you've already got kind of like a grid to work to. I, I think of it in terms of like, you know, when like a, an artist, like a visual artist, um, they're drawing something and then they do like really rough sketch in, in pencil. And then so that they have something to work to like a foundation and then they'll go back and then they'll put their pen and, paint or ink on and then that's sort of the product that's the production it's a very mixed metaphor but i have to say that i like a lot of the rhymes in here i think uh lord if my time has come and gone if i'm destitute and wrong i think that's a great that's a great rhyme you got going there now when you're doing your your weekly podcast uh how how many of those songs make it to your proper releases Oh, uh, okay. So we write seven songs in a season, and probably three make it to an actual release. And you and we were talking uh, before the show about how many songs you put in a release. So you're putting between five and ten in each release. Is that about right? That's right. Yeah. So uh, I used to try to um, until very recently, actually, I used to try to go. Okay, I'll I'll work for for a year or something, and then once I've got ten songs, I'm proud of that will be an album. Whereas what I found. I don't know because I think I'm because I'm working more and that sort of thing these days, like you know, job work. You mean yeah, um, actually yeah, money money work yeah. So, money well. work exactly. Um, so I, I find that I'll have songs I've I've you know ninety percent produced and completed, but they'll kind of like sit on the back burner for so long that by the time I've got say five of them, I'm working on something new and I don't like what I used to. I don't like the quality of what oh, was behind me. Yeah. So I started releasing like five track um, projects because. I mean, you know, releasing stuff digitally, you don't have to, you don't have those constraints of like a record label going, we need 12 songs from you and we need them to be this long. You mm-hmm. can release like a, a two song EP. I mean, I don't think I'd go oh, yeah. that small, but like, but you can, you know? And I think that thing of like, okay, having five songs, like, okay, I've got five songs. That I think are pretty good. I can polish them up, get some artwork on it, you know, make sure I'm proud of it and then release it. And then your warehouse of creativity, so to speak, is completely empty. And you go, now I can work on something new as opposed to being like, oh God, I've got to get 12 tracks together. Well, that's, a, you know, that's an interesting dilemma just because so many 
so many artists are like that the the most recent thing is the shiniest you know object that mm -hmm. that you can't that that distracts you the most and and when you're putting out stuff as as frequently as you are that that's got to be a real issue now you you have uh downtime uh between podcast runs so i mean do, what is that twice twice a year two two or three times a year that you take breaks or uh yeah three times a year yeah uh, but I guess I guess during that time, that's when you're producing the the albums mostly, right? Well, yeah, um, I, I I do write sometimes in those in those periods just so that I can have stuff on on projects that's like hasn't been heard by the people who listen to my podcast. But yeah, generally in the gaps, it's a case of producing up what I've already written. Yeah. By the way, I've seen on your your Facebook page that you do these amazing sketches. Uh, this is, I don't, this could be totally an aside. You, you do these, uh, are, are they, are they chalk sketches or what, what kind of sketches are those? Oh, well, you've, um, you've touched on my, uh, my lockdown discovery, um, oh, which is, okay. which is drawing, painting and, uh, and art in general. Um, I'm completely new to it. I'm a novice. I don't know anything about the technique or anything, wow. but, but yeah, you I picked do it up quickly. So. I do ink, ink line drawings and, uh, the stuff you've probably saw most recently on Facebook is like colored pencils. Um, yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah. I'm just playing around, but I, I'm loving it. It's a really nice thing to try out a different creative medium for a change. So that's, uh, so when you're doing not just the music, uh, but you're also doing that art, um, do you find any of that creativity overlapping? Do you find it influencing one influencing the other or is it pretty much separate? Yeah, what a great question. Yeah, I, I think uh, they do inform each other, which was such a surprise to me because I I used to think of myself as like, I'm a musician and that's all I am, you know, when I was a bit younger. And, and now what I've realized is that both kind of have lessons for the other. And the one I really learned from drawing is, um, the, re the way I got into drawing is uh, during lockdown last year, in October, there's this global thing on Instagram called Inktober, where everyone draws, uh, yeah. they get a prompt every day and they have to draw every single day. And I like that kind of time frame challenge, you know, because of the podcast and stuff and, you know, getting these prompts every day and just having to embrace my imperfection as like, I'm new to drawing. I'm not very good at drawing. Let me just try this every day. And then just realizing that you might not like everything you create, but there'll be a percentage of the stuff you create that you do like. So it's worth Absolutely. doing it just for that little bit. So I learned that from that for sure. Yeah, that's a, you see, I do a, I, I, I've tried Inktober and I failed spectacularly at it, but, oh, yeah? um, but I, I, I do a song a day project in January every year. So I'll, I'll, I'll make myself write a song every day for, for 31 days. And, um, yeah, I like that kind of, I like that kind of, uh, that kind of format too. It's just, and, and you'd think I'd be able to do the Inktober thing. Cause I, I really enjoy sketch work. Um, I would say that, you know, I've been doing it a long time, but I'd say that you're, you're, you're already, man, you're like a prodigy or something. You've got some guts. I mean, you're very good at creating likenesses. Um, anyway, anyway, that's a little oh, bit beyond the scope, I guess, but I'm just saying, uh, that uh, it's, it's pretty impressive and it's, and it's cool to hear that it, it informs that there's sort of cross value going on with the the music and the sketches well mm. let's let's listen to another song uh this one is another song off of your latest release swear jar and this one is called longtime listener first time caller by roger heathers time caller but i've been listening for a long time i've been tuning into your frequency and now you've got me on the end of your line at first i heard your voice and now i picture your face in my dreams you see it's harder to mix when you're out in the sticks but with you it's not as bad as it seems Really start to make me smile 
And if you're free tonight I got a feeling we would get along We could stop for a bite at the diner tonight If I'm not coming on too strong Time listener, first time caller by Roger Heathers off of the album Swear Jar. Uh, but I, I swear it, it, uh, you know, this could be mistaken for like a long lost, uh, long forgotten hit by uh, the band Squeeze. Do you know the band Squeeze? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that, that's what it kind of reminds me of. I, I just, I, I, I get, I'm getting such a nostalgic kick out of your songs. They really do take me back to to some of that stuff um well let, let's talk about this this is i mean this is w- another thing that makes this a throwback is that it's talking about radio shows which you know which still exist but it's a it's a dying format and and you know i well but i guess they they still got shows that that do vinyl and everything so but but talk to me how did you how did you come up with this song what was the inspiration for this well so this was another one that came from the podcast uh and this past season we've been doing like each song is like a different genre um, oh, okay. we have to, that we have to write in the style of, and uh, the week that uh, prompted this was was write a fifties rock and roll song. Oh, fifties, okay. So uh, I I feel like uh, you know I kind of maybe missed the mark only in that I went a little too modern, but musically speaking. But as far as like the lyric, I just had this. Um, I like sort of um, phrases and like. Uh, nomenclature and stuff that people use and one that i really like is longtime listener first time caller which is just mm-hmm. such a radio you know you know people call in and say that and then i was thinking if i'm writing about the 50s um i want to use some sort of uh you know nostalgic terms in terms of like you know calling into a radio going to the diner and all that kind of thing and um and i just thought you know i'll write something fictional for a change because i wanted to like nail that 50s uh lyrical style uh-huh. but one thing i do with my songwriting which i'm really trying to work on is i can be a little bit sort of because i do it in stream of consciousness i can be a bit vague so i was like i want to write a fictional thing that has like a start a middle and an end you know uh-huh. and uh and with this one it kind of it started with like you know just a friendly like you know i've been listening to your show and i kind of have a crush on you sort of thing like you know from the caller's perspective and by the time i got to the second verse and i had lyrics like uh 
you know, I'm never going to touch that dial. And if you're free tonight, we could, you know, get some food and that sort of thing. I was thinking it's becoming a little bit creepy, you know, a little bit stalkery. Mm -hmm. So I thought I'd lean into that with like lines of the chorus, like, I don't care if it's delusion. I'll believe what I want to believe, <laughs> you know, it's going to take a little too far. Well, so that, so, so this is, this is a departure then uh, style wise from what you normally do. So um, in that you don't, you, do you feel like you don't normally write kind of stories with a beginning, middle and end? It's mostly more just kind of capturing a moment uh, yeah it's usually is it's just like yeah like you say either capturing a moment or just capturing a specific like emotion yeah in that in that song yeah but this one was yeah different well so so talk to me a bit about the challenges that you do on your your show so you're it's mostly genres or do you use other types of prompts or how, how does that work out well i mean generally speaking like every other season or so we'll do we'll do a type of challenge uh so this season it's been genre so we've done you know rock and roll motown uh you know we're writing a dance song this week like you know a club hit which is going to be challenging but nice. um in, in the past we've done stuff like uh write a song based on the novel wuthering heights write a song based on uh the hitchcock film the birds um huh. write a song without using the notes e or g sharp Ooh, okay so we kind of go in all sorts of different directions uh but I mean, hopefully it kind of strengthens song songwriting. I think like writing within restrictions definitely does for me. Well, I think it, it gives certainly from a show standpoint, I think it 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 gives a framework to just talk around things in a, in a certain way, especially I know with this this show, you know, I we all try to work from the same prompt uh, every every episode. And I think it's interesting to hear, you know, see, you know, compare and contrast you know, which directions, uh, the, the two, the two people went. And, uh, so I, I don't know. I, I you know, I, I, I've listened to one of one episode of your show. Um, I really appreciate it. Well, you guys go into much more technical detail. I, you know, it depends on the guests that I have some, I have some guests that go really deep into theory, but, but other ones are, you know, it's most of the folks I have on, have kind of a folk based thing and tends to be more lyric oriented. Um, but I appreciate that you all go into theory, even if sometimes I don't completely understand it because I'm, I'm not the most educated musician out there. We don't understand it either, honestly. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's, well, what's it, what's it like um, when you know that you're going to have your, your friend, your, your co-host, that you're presenting to how, how do you feel like that affects uh the writing process for you oh that's a, I've never really thought about that fully before but it definitely does have some impact like i've noticed the songs i write out of season of the podcast just for myself you know like mm -hmm. they're much more like for lack of a better word pure they're, they're like i'm writing it just for me for just mm. for the sheer joy of writing a song sure whereas when, where it's for the podcast it certainly is a joyful experience but there's this thing of like I don't know, almost like friendly competition. And I think Declan would, would be in agreement with me there in that it's like, we, we, <laughs> we want to show off our chords and stuff. We want to, I want to be uh -huh. like, Hey, did you hear that, that minor four I used in the chorus? And he's like, Hey, did you hear when I, you know, had a two, four bar there? Um, and it's not like kind of uh, uh, arrogant or braggadocious. It's just like, we both just love the craft so much that I think we just try to, you know, rise ever higher with what we're trying out in our songs yeah so you try to impress each other or, or at least uh surprise each other or something like that yeah absolutely surprise each other more than impress i suppose yeah how, how long have you two known each other probably like seven years or so um we met at this uh we both used to live in the same county uh which is cornwall in the southwest of the uk and uh you know uh, a couple of my friends had just moved away and I was like, oh, I need to like make some new friends. And so I went along to these open mic nights and I'd play, I was doing weekly songs back then, but they weren't mm -hmm. obviously a podcast yet. Sure. And, and I'd go along and play them. And then uh, there was this other guy, Declan there, and, and we just got chatting and it turned out we, we had to get the same midnight train home to our respective towns. Oh, okay. And uh, we just started playing guitar on the train at midnight and just talking and stuff. <laughs> and, and we quickly realized like, oh, you like the Beatles too. You like this too, you, like, you know, and all these different things. And we just kind of hit it off. And then the podcast started like a year or two after that. And do, do you two ever, um, is it always you two writing a separate song or do you two ever do co-writes? Um, we haven't done a co-write yet, but in the fourth season of this year, which is going to be like November or something, we're going to write an album together. 
so, wow. so that'll be the first time we've really sort of i mean we've like jammed together and come up with riffs but we've never like sat down together and co-written so sure 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 you've been doing it five years uh your podcast and you know what i've only been doing mine since september i said so what are what are some tips you have for me what should i be on the lookout over uh the five years uh, for the next four years uh doing a podcast Oh, God, I don't know. I, I still feel like we've just begun. You know what I mean? Like, sure. Well, we've done over 100 episodes now, but I just feel like we've just begun. So, oh, uh, just keep writing, I guess, you know, um, as long as you don't like miss a week. I feel like that's the thing. That's the nice thing about having like accountability, which I guess you have on, on your show as well with like you both write to the same prompt of like, you know, there are certain weeks where if I did it by myself, I think I would. I would miss the mark or miss the deadline. Whereas yeah. because I've got to come and be like, Hey Declan, I've got my song and he's got to say the same to me. It's like this sort of um, metaphor of like having a running partner who you're meeting at the corner at like five in the morning to run. And if you turn up and he's not there, you're going to be annoyed that he's not there because you made this commitment to each other. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's good to have like a, I mean, I have guests, not a co-host and unfortunately the guests don't hold me accountable. I've got to be uh, <laughs> holding myself accountable. So it's kind of, uh, and, uh, yeah, but, um, but anyway, uh, you, you do have a really great podcast and, uh, you know, we're going to take a break here and when we come back, we are going to uh, get to the crux of the matter, which is, uh, the prompt song that I challenged you to write. And uh, yeah, we'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the Raw Songwriting Podcast. I'm your host, David Coyle, and I have been talking with Roger Heathers here. He's a UK-based multi-instrumentalist, songwriter, and producer. Uh, and he also has his own podcast called The Weekly Song Podcast. So he's no stranger to writing a song in a week. Uh, However, uh, I sent him prompts, perhaps in a slightly different way than he normally works with. Uh, about a week ago, I sent him uh, these prompts. One was a random picture of what looked to be petrified shoes on the bank of a, of a river. Uh, I sent him a random word. The random word was seriform, which means resembling the notched edge of a saw or serrated. A random style. Write a song in the style of the Fugees. A random quote. A boar is a man who deprives you of solitude without providing you with company. That was by uh, Gian Vincenzo Gravina. And then the fearless prompt from uh, Timmy Ridden's fearless songwriting program, which you can find at timmyr.com. Uh, the prompt was Crystal Ball, which included a picture of a woman kind of with a face cut in half, half skull, half skin. Wow, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on in that picture. Anyway, the prompt was crystal ball. So talk to me, Roger. Which prompt did you pick? And uh, how did? why did you pick that one? And, and did any of the other ones tempt you? Okay, so I chose the random quote, uh, a boar is a man who deprives you of solitude without providing you with company. Uh, and I think for me, it was kind of, because I was kind of nervous about coming on, honestly, and and like writing for for the for your podcast, because um, I've never done anything like this before um, outside of my own podcast. So I was thinking, like, I'll go with the one that speaks to me most. Uh, whereas, like, if I was feeling a bit more bold, I might have gone for you know Crystal Ball or something. Um, and I'm actually quite a big Fuji's fan, so I was thinking like I could write something in the style of the mm. Fuji's, but that would have just been like extra challenge on top of the already challenging challenge <laughs> yeah indeed indeed that that was yeah i was kind of i've been putting i've been sticking style challenges in here uh and nobody's bitten on those yet and i'm kind of scared for when somebody does because <laughs> you know mimicking somebody else's style is always I, I i love doing it but it's always kind of perilous but all right mm. so a bore is a man who deprives you of solitude without providing you with company and the song you came up with is called ouija board by roger heathers it is his uh, contribution to the challenge this week. Here we go. I could talk for an hour on a whole host of ordinary things. And you would think by the sound 
sound of my voice It's a moment that I was savoring I haven't a clue why you want this You don't want to run for the door But I'm getting tired I'm not a specimen to be tested I'm not a ghost who appears when your Ouija or table comes out I would like for a time to be blessed with a mouth that could talk And you'd believe I was scared and confused But I'd no longer have to take the fall Well, haven't I been very patient? I haven't a story to tell but I'm getting tired I'm not a specimen To be tested I'm not a ghost Who appears When your Ouija board table comes out That was Ouija Board by Roger Heathers, and it was his uh, challenge song this week. And, um, <laughs> you know, first off, I want to say this uh, to, to those who are listening to the, the podcast. Uh, go back and listen to that with headphones. There's a lot of really interesting things going on with the production there uh, that I, I don't think I caught when I listened to it the first few times uh, without headphones. Uh, there's a lot of great subtle production going on there. This is this is this is another another great tune. So 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 tell me how does this how does this connect to the the prompt? Well, so I was uh in the prompt I sort of got this idea of uh resentment uh on the part of the writer of the prompt uh or of the quote um in this in this thinking of like you know being drained by being some, with somebody rather than being uh revitalized. And uh, the reason I said it was like the the sort of easier prompt for me to to write to, or at least I thought it was, is because um, a lot of my songs are about that anyway. That's like a topic I write about all the time, which is just like, uh, I'm trying to be careful with labels about myself, but I'd say I'm quite an introverted person. And sure. I definitely prefer my own company over just any old company, you know? Absolutely. So quite, mm -hmm. quite often in, in social situations, I'll end up feeling really quite drained um and so the, the quote to me just just spoke to that so yeah it, it spoke to that feeling of you know being with someone and they're not enriching you uh but just you know you feel just like oh god when is this going to end sort of feeling you know sure sure well i love i love the ouija uh, board metaphor and i think that was that was that was really surprising to me uh, that that you came up with that i thought that was that was great um well, do you want to just walk walk us through what, what the process was of putting together this song? Yeah, sure. Okay. Again, this was one where uh, I wrote on the guitar and wrote the lyrics at the same time. So, mm -hmm. uh, for example, I would, you know, I came up with the intro first, that da 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 part. And I was like, 
that was just the very first thing I came up with. Um, I usually start with a little intro idea. That's usually the first thing I get. I don't normally get a chorus first. So with this one, I had that little intro. And then that determined what key the song was going to be in, which was E major. And uh, and it kind of has this, like, I think it's 12A or 6A. I can never tell the difference. I think it's 12A, like, sort of thing. Um, which is not, I've written a bunch of songs in that time signature before, but it's a little bit more challenging than the 4-4 four, four straight ahead. Dun, mm-hmm. dun, 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 dun. So I just started to think about like how I might be perceived by this, you know, fictional person who is draining my energies in a social situation. It's like, oftentimes if I go to a party or something, and parties aren't really my type of thing, uh, somebody might say to me like, hey, what do you mean you weren't having a good time? You were smiling and laughing the whole time. You know, you you look like you're having a great time. And it's like, so the first verse, like I could talk for an hour on a whole host of ordinary things. And you'd think by the sound of my voice, it'd be a mo- moment I'm savoring. That's the first verse. And, and so it's just like, you might think I'm having a good time, but I'm not. <laughs> Absolutely. I, to- I totally relate to that because I'm, I, I feel the same way that, it, you know, oftentimes it's a, you know, I'm struggling to kind of put on that happy face uh, to get through the whole thing. I, I definitely, uh, yeah, no, I, I can relate to that, uh, re- relate to that greatly. So, so, so a lot of your songs are really personal. You're not putting on a, a character or, or telling a story outside of your own life is, but yeah, you write so many songs that you must branch away from that sometimes. Now you've worked with prompts before. Did you feel? Did you feel like working with this prompt was any different than working with other prompts that you've had in the past? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, with a quote, I feel like it's a little bit more open ended uh, than, say, for example, a genre quote. Like, I feel like if I chose the Fuji's prompt, uh-huh. uh, 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 yeah, a genre prompt, I should say, if I chose the Fuji's prompt, I feel like it would have been like, okay, right, there's quite a lot of parameters to work within and it would be more challenging because it's like okay they have this like they have these style of chords like the lyrics seem to be about this type of thing and the rhythm is this whereas like with a quote it's like you can write in any time signature you can write in any key at any speed like any tempo you want so so it was easier to write because it's more abstract it's like what do you think this quote means i like that Mm -hmm. element of it Whereas like when we did like write a Motown song uh, back a while ago, it was like, that was kind of challenging because it's like, you have to like do research and stuff. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, uh, but you know what? You know, you're doing a style prompt. I, you know, anytime you're doing a prompt, I mean, to me, it's just an excuse to write a song. And I, I feel like I, I get it wildly wrong a lot of the time, but it, but it's something that I wouldn't have written otherwise. You know, if I, I you know, I think a Motown song. Uh, I mean, I you know, if I were to do a Motown song, I would just try to get the feel of a Motown song without getting it. I mean, I think my lack of musical education probably works to my advantage in that regard, because um, I worry about. I kind of worry sometimes about being too similar to something, and so. So if I'm trying to get the feel of something, then I'll, you know, I, I, and I, but I don't know exactly how to produce that, you know, it'll almost guarantee that it's, it's something, if not completely unique, it's just something a little bit different, a little askew. Definitely. It has like your signature on it as opposed to it being like, and I think, yeah, whenever you can, the result is like, it sounds like you, I think that's always a win. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I like to ask this of all of, uh, all of my guests, but uh, first off, do you consider this to be a finished song? And and if not, how would you go about revising it? Oh, that's such a cool question. Um, so because of the time frame uh, element of the challenge, I was thinking, like, OK, I'll, I'll put together a little demo, send it over. And, you know, it's it'll be a discussion point sort of thing. But actually, when I recorded it last night, I uh, usually I record in the daytime so I could like make a little bit of noise and you know sing full volume and stuff like that and then get mm-hmm. my take done whereas um last night um it's been a busy week so I sat down to record at like 10 p.m here and like okay. I was I was just sat here like close to the mic and it's why the song has such a kind of whispered gentle feeling it really um, works it re- that's a happy accident then if absolutely, that was why absolutely it that was way. yeah yeah and uh, it wasn't like um oh this song is 
I think that's the cool thing actually is like I managed to avoid any pretension of like it's a whispered song by like I had to whisper it or else I would have woken people uh-huh. up. Uh-huh. So so when I when I tracked it, I did like one take and then I was like, okay, that's that's a relatively okay take. And for me, it's like always my vocal <clears throat> my vocals are the thing that I'm most self-conscious about. Um and so once I got a, a good vocal take, I panned it hard left and then I recorded an exact double and then pan that hard right so it's just both at the same time very elliot smith is something he does yeah a lot. and uh and then i was like i like this recording which is something that rarely happens where i go i've made a demo and i like it enough to release but to answer your question more fully um i feel like it's 90 percent there but there's probably going to be things where i listen back to it in a couple of weeks and go like uh the the third line in verse three is a little bit flat so i'll go back in and like comp that in and like record that vocal again Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then i'll probably add like a a cloud of reverb to the mix and then bounce it down to cassette tape and then bounce it back so it has like a lo-fi feel and then it'll be done but it's close it's closer than i thought it'd be in like a week (laughs) so then your revision process would just be you just you just listen to it over and over again until the you know things pop out to you that need to be changed or or do you let it sit in a drawer for like a week or two and then get, come back to it or? Uh, kind of a mixture of both, mostly letting it sit in a drawer though. In Yeah, because usually I'll I'll write a song and in the back of my mind, I'm like, I like that song I think enough to put on a project at some point. Um, and then I'll come back to it, say three weeks later after working on other stuff. And then you know, you got those fresh ears at that point, haven't you? So, oh yeah, yeah. So like, I'll come back and I'll go like, how could I not have noticed that vocal was so out of tune? Or how could I not have noticed the guitar is way too in your face or something like that? So Absolutely, absolutely. Now, you, you said that you, you met your co-host at an open mic, and that makes me wonder, um, how, you know, how much do you uh, play these songs out? And, you know, how does that affect the way that you play them, I, you know, when you don't have the production kind of supporting you? That really kind of taps into, like, the direction of like music's place in my life in general, I think, which is like, uh, it used to be my, my attitude that I would write songs and then where they belonged was, you know, played at at gigs and events and stuff. But, Mm -hmm. um, particularly in the area I live here, um, there are open mic nights and there are sort of like events that you can attend and play at, but generally speaking, original songs don't really kind of get listened to you know um people are more interested understandably completely i'm the same you know in having a pint and and having a chat and catching up with friends and so i think when covid hit and everyone was you know locked indoors understandably um i've i've always recorded music but i just really started to buckle down on that and just be like and then i also i just started to notice like people are listening to what i'm writing and and i think with the internet it's like people can put their headphones on and really listen yeah. which is different from a from a pub beer garden very true uh, so uh i played out the stuff lo- you know loads of times but but it just didn't really get people listening i guess hmm. Hmm. how about how about just for yourself i mean did you feel like it was i mean how did it affect your performance i guess i guess you know whether somebody's listening or not affects the performance but did you feel like you would do different arrangements when you were playing it out um or or did you just pretty much just keep the guitar and vocal arrangement and just you just didn't have the other aspects to it well yeah i mean i would generally keep it pretty much the same but then like oftentimes if you go to an open mic especially the sound system is different every single time so So there's like this element of, oh, crap, the guitar's too low. I need to really strum it. So a finger pick song could quickly become like something you have to like bash out. Uh, um, and then like try, trying to get it to suit my voice. I mean, like I'm not the strongest singer of all time. So I think I, I want my live sets to be consistent, like quality wise. And I never felt like I achieved that live. I, I can record it because you can have as many takes as you want. So. That's yeah. Yeah. Well, I love your voice. I think you got a great voice. Uh, so, you know, oh, thanks. Um, well, this was this was a, a three wonderful songs. I really, really enjoy your stuff, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pay a lot more attention to it uh, after after this this podcast. I think there's just a lot of a lot of great stuff, so I'll, I'll be checking out your your stuff. Um, where where can you find your music generally? Where's the best place to go for it? Okay, so uh, so Spotify and Apple Music, um, as is as is the trend these days. Um, just search Roger Heather's, mm-hmm. um, and also uh, all my albums are on uh, RogerHeather's.com, uh, which is my Bandcamp, and uh, those are pretty good places to find me. I mean, also Instagram as well. 
Okay. Um, just because like you can post more like bite-sized things for people who don't have the attention span these days. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I of course uh, wrote a song for the uh, for the challenge this week as well. So let's let's take a look at that. All right, this is I Need Somebody by yours truly, David Coyle. This is my contribution to the challenge this week. And here we go. I've been desperate, I've been lonely There's a hole in my heart And it seems you have plenty Of tips and sage advice Enough to change my life If I only let you come along with me Soothe my soul, who can ease my mind when it's in turmoil? But 
That was I Need Somebody by yours truly. It was my contribution to the prompt this week. And uh, yeah, so that's the song. Um, uh, Before I go into my spiel, uh, did anything stand out to you or do you have any questions about it or anything like that? I, first of all, I really like it. Um, Oh, thank you. I I can, you kind of like think in your mind like how it relates to the quote and that sort of thing. And uh, I can definitely see that you kind of drew out a feeling from the quote but i love that in the verses you kind of got like quite kind of like uh more normal chords going on but in the guitar and then the moment you get to that chorus you introduce that um that sort of flattened seventh uh and it just kind of like makes the whole song sound more like rocky Uh i need somebody who can soothe my soul i just love that part um but just generally the structure and the melody is like the moment I played this um, before our record, I had it in my head. <laughs> so, oh, good. It's a oh, really good. Catchy tune. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the woohoo. All right. I love that. Um, well, this was, um, I pretty much wrote this last night. Uh, I, I've, I've been really lazy lately with, with my prompts. I, you know, it's like I give, I give everybody a week to write their song and then I wait till the night before. And, um, <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> yeah. This is, yeah. So, I sat down with the uh, with the quote, and you know I think that the the thing I came away with it was the I was basically kind of the chorus the first chorus line which is uh, I need somebody but I don't need you because I the idea of uh, a bore is a man who deprives you of solitude without providing you with company and I kind of kind of reversing it a little bit the idea it's sort of like well you want company but this is the wrong kind of company and and that was what <laughs> I was kind of uh uh attaching my my mind to and you know it's not really about being a bore in this case it's just about somebody who's who's bad for you and i was thinking about the pandemic uh, at first i was thinking that you know it's you're coming out of the pandemic and you've been somewhat isolated and um you haven't haven't spent much time with somebody so it was going to be about like Wow, I really need to. I really need some human contact, but uh, you're you're not the person. <laughs> you know, you're not the right <laughs> yeah. person. But I that was feeling kind of nasty, a little bit too nasty to me, because uh, everybody's kind of you know needing something. You know, coming out of the pandemic, I, I think. Uh, sure. So I decided to to kind of. I guess that money, the 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 money thing, just kept popping out in my head for whatever reason. I would be singing through the chorus, and I kept wanting to use money i wanted to use that uh i mean the alternative was that i could have uh da 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 and i could have like held the note but there was something about the money that was sticking out to me just that kind of to me that struck me as a little bit of a hook and so i wanted to to keep some sort of hook there and and so I decided to rewrite it around money. And it took me back to a, a situation where uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of late to the music biz. I didn't get into this until I mean, I've always written songs, but I didn't decide I wanted to do it more seriously until about 10 years ago and uh, or eight years ago, as the case may be. And uh, I had gone and traveled. I left town for a while um, for about a year. Then I came back. And uh, I was doing an open mic and there was a fella who really liked some of my songs and he invited me, you know, over to his place to jam, I guess, a little bit. And then he started, um, he made this pitch to me that he, he wanted to team up with me on the songs. He said he's like had a bunch of connections, you know, we could get this published and we could get this stuff there. But he was like, but the thing is that I want to, you know, I want to help you rewrite these songs. And uh-oh. I don't know. I was like, I don't, I don't want to rewrite the songs. You know, I, I appreciate you offering, you know, connections and stuff, but it was a little bit, it just sort of, it seemed fishy to me. Uh, 
And um, and I and I'll admit, you know, now that I've been doing this for as long as I have, it would be even more fishy if somebody came up to me like that. I guess if it was a, you know, if it was like a music mentor who was saying, you know, I could help you, you know, raise your stuff to, you know, they were selling their services as a, you know, doing mentorship or something, maybe. But um, but even then, it's like, you know, that wouldn't be the same as like rewriting a, you know, being a co-writer on a song you've already written. Yeah, that 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 kind of how the I guess the topic of the whole thing came about musically. Um, it the chorus came first. It's actually a chord pattern that I've used in another song, but it has a very different feel. That one has almost a bluegrassy feel compared to this. Uh, this one definitely rocks out uh, a little bit more. And I knew that I, because I'm using kind of what I call a Spanish strum. That's where I'm, I'm kind of dragging my fingernails and then dragging my finger back over. I thought the, I heard that. Yes, yeah. yes. And that's that's a that's a strumming pattern that I like to to bring out every once in a while. And you know, and I've been I've been thinking lately that I haven't been doing any rocking tunes. Uh, the last several songs I've done have been very you know, kind of pop or just ballady type stuff. So I wanted to do something that rocked out a little bit more. Now I ended up slowing things down for the verse so that it was a little bit, uh, but I, but I like that contrast. I like the contrast of it going kind of, kind of slow to fast. Mm. The whistle was pretty much, I, are, are you familiar with Andrew Bird? Uh, the name rings a bell, but not, no. Yeah. Well, Andrew Bird, he's, he's a, a kind of an indie rock guy out here uh, in the States. Who's, um, he, he whistles a lot. <laughs> okay. And so, so I like to whistle. I whistle too. I, I whistle out of necessity cause I can't, uh, I can't play a guitar solo for the life of me. And so, uh, when I'm playing live, I'll, I'll, if I don't have somebody accompanying me, then I pretty much do the guitar solos with just whistling. And, oh, nice. and I think it adds a certain type of, um, kind of a desperate feel, you know, put a little echo in there and it, it has yeah. kind of a certain, aura about it and so oh so that's that's kind of how how this one got together i'm trying to think if there's any other weird things in here could um, i just ask uh did the, did the yeah. lyric for uh but i need somebody who can soothe my uh, no i but i need somebody but i don't need you did the lyric come first or did like the melody come first if you know what i mean i would say that um well i need somebody but i i mean i wrote them contemporaneously right so i mean i'm i'm but i wasn't but i wouldn't say that they all came exactly at the same time uh well i need somebody but i don't need you was probably that was the line that i ended up coming up with first and then i built the music around that that's got a certain rhythm to it too isn't it that that line particularly absolutely yeah in fact that's um i mean it used to be i i don't do this as much anymore but it used to be that i would go out for walks and i would just play around with words and and the idea would be to just sort of play around with the words and see what kind of melodies and rhythms would be hinted at it uh, oh, cool. by it. Um, but not in this case. In this case, it just sort of this case. This was sort of necessity was the mother of invention. I was, uh-huh. was like, oh, it's already 1030. I got to write a song. And so I just um, I I just started. Yeah, I knew I wanted to do something that was a little bit more rhythmic and rocking. And uh, it was really the verse, which was kind of tough. I, I, I got the chorus very quickly. You know, I was playing around with a lot of different chords in this. This was definitely because uh, I think I'm changing keys between the uh, between the verse and the chorus. And actually, I think I changed keys in the chorus. Yeah, it was just kind of a question of what to do with the verses because I I had uh, I had a chord progression in mind, but it was feeling more like a bridge. And in fact, I used the same uh, I, I used it as a bridge. But it, and f- as, but I found that if I slowed it down, it felt more like a verse. So that's why the the bridge progression came first, and then I just kind of modified it to make it uh, sound like a verse progression. What change did you make to make it sound more versey? If that makes sense, I, I slowed I slowed down the strumming pattern. So ah, that's where okay. I'm doing the brum, and then I added the whistles. So I just kind of uh, slowed down the the strumming pattern. I slowed down uh, what I was singing. Oh, I, I was doing uh, arpeggios too in the verse. Oh, of course, of course, yeah, yeah. I, so, I I love that contrast between the verse and the chorus. That's so cool. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. I think it I think it steps up. It kind of it kind of draws people in. So, 
So let me see. I suppose I need to do my own critique on this. Um, I I feel like this is much further along than I was expecting because I'll tell you, I was about two hours into it and I was and I gave up completely on the 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 words that I had written already. Uh, not completely because I kept the uh, I need somebody, but I but I don't need you. Yeah, I think this is this is much more done than I was expecting. I think it's probably seventy five percent done. Uh, I think structurally, it's basically there. Um, uh, there's some questions for me about how to end it. I'm not sure how to end it. Uh, from a recording standpoint, you're much more sophisticated. Your stuff sounds like just finished. Um, and mine, uh, you know, I, I, I still fits around and, you know, with the drum tracks and everything. Uh, I was, I wasn't even going to use the drum, a drum track in this, but without the drum track, I, it, it lost a lot of the propulsiveness. So, so I decided to keep it in. So I want to tighten it up from a recording standpoint. I, I, you know, I would want to tighten this up uh, immensely. I, instead of doing any type of harmonies, I, I just doubled up on the, uh, I did kind of an echo effect where, which I basically just uh, did a separate track with uh, uh, the same, uh, same vocal part, but just slightly notched over to the right a little bit. Ah, uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. So this is, I, I like this song. I, it, it, like I said, it's, I, I wasn't liking it while I was writing it, but I, but now that it's done, I kind of, kind of get it. And uh, yeah, we'll see what what comes next. Awesome, I love it. It's great, great well, song, man. Thanks, man. I really I really appreciate it. As it happens, we have come to about the end of the show here, and uh, I know we've talked about it a little bit. But uh, do you want to take a uh, take a moment to promote uh, anything that you got going on right now? Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you for the opportunity to yeah. to do so. Um, so yeah, I've got uh, an EP called Swear Jar, which I just put out yesterday. In fact, so I'm still kind of on the uh, on the uh, excitement of that. So yeah, Swear Jar is on rogerheathers.com. It's also on Spotify and Apple Music and Amazon and everywhere else, I think. All right. Uh, all the other digital stores. Uh, so definitely please check out Swear Jar if you like what you've heard from me. Um, also, I'm on Instagram uh, at Roger Heathers, and I post a lot of stuff of like clips of me recording and writing and all that type of thing. So uh, I think that's about it. Oh, also um, check out my podcast as well if, you, if you're... Uh, if you're into uh, into songwriting, I guess the weekly song podcast as well, with your with your co-host Declan Kitchener. That's so, right. Yeah, yeah. And Declan's a wonderful songwriter as well. I should say it's a it's a charming podcast. I definitely recommend checking it out. All right. Well, well. Once again, thank you, Roger, for coming on. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And uh, and that's a wrap. Uh, be sure to like and review the podcast, and you can follow me on Twitter at David L. Coyle or f on Facebook at Dave Coyle's Musical Extravaganza. If you have any questions for me or about any of my guests, you can email me at rawsongwriting at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, please consider contributing to the program via Venmo at Dave Coyle or paypal.me slash Dave Coyle. In the meantime, keep your songwriting raw and riveting. I've been desperate, I've been lonely